amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. It has been long overdue to expose the truth that the Democrats and Republicans are sucking the life out of America's liberty and usurping our rights at every turn. Now is the time to seize our civil liberties and take back our individual rights. Here on Southern Liberty, we will expose it all. With his musket on his back, the Declaration of Independence in one hand, and the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Roderick Threats. Hey, happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the first first inaugural run on this feed chasing life 
Liberty and Minarchy. I appreciate y'all. Those y'all that found it, I appreciate you. You found it. The rest come. Y'all got they gotta find it with us. Um, and um, if if you know of someone that may not be here that wanted to be here, hit them up. Send them the link and link. Say, hey, you need to save this, John. You hear me? Let, let them know. Let them know. Let them know. We out here. We running for the for the, for, for the fences on this one. Run out of ballpark. You hear me? But y'all know I, I'm 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 your host, Mr. Roderick Three Ten. You already know. Um, Sundays is always bringing that that heat. You know, a lot of you are new, right? Let, 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 let me let me pull back. Let me explain this to to, to the majority of the people that me that may be listening for the first time to this. Um, these conversations on Sundays. Are just ordinary people. They're not political pundits. They're not, um, you know, these uh, uh, off the wall content creators. You know what I'm saying? That's boisterous and loud, right? Because that's all we hear. But but what what about you know the the other people that are in the mix here that get talked over or stomped on, you know, whatever that have great opinions, right? That have a different outlook on certain things that all of us need to know because America was built on many ideas, not just one, not just the loudest idea, but a conglomerate of all ideas. And you don't need a college degree. See, we, one thing we don't do here is appeal to authority, right? We don't, we don't live in logical fallacies because everybody is valid, right? If you are a citizen of your state, your opinion is valid and it should be heard. It shouldn't be relegated to only 140 characters or 60 characters or, or, or relegated to uh, uh, the censorship bin because <clears throat> you say something certain people don't like. I know I say a lot of shit people don't like. I mean, a lot of you have called me... Um, uh, 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 America's uh, most controversial liberty defender. And I know I'm controversial because I say some things that blow some of y'all's minds sometimes. Be like, mm, I can't message you on that one, Rob, but I feel you. Right. <laughs> y'all y'all already know. Y'all know. Y'all know already. So that th this show is for all of uh, uh, all of us normal folk. Right. That see things on the ground. Right. That see things from an anecdotal standpoint, because th these people will, will keep telling you that anecdotal evidence or, or anything anecdotal doesn't really count. It does count because that is someone's life experience. Right. When you just dis start discrediting people's life experiences, you start diving, you start uh, leaning yourself into a, a life of collectivist or collectivism. When you do that, everybody has a life experience that shapes the way they think and feel from what they have experienced one off or not. And they and, and they should you know folks should be validated in their experience. Right. That they have. Not some mainstream data point, some mainstream white paper data sheet that says this, that and the third. And we'll and the guest I have on this this uh, this evening, we're you know, we're going to probably break a lot of those wide open because we're, we're going to open your eyes to certain, some things that a lot of people don't know is actually happening because they keep it under wraps or 
you know, as we like to say, it's not part of the narrative when it is when it is the, the, the smaller building blocks of the narrative. They just decide to step on it. So people don't see it. Look over here. Look over here, not there. Right. Um, so I say this show is this show is for, for, for all of you. Um, before I introduce my special guest, I want to give a shout out to all my folks on public radio in South Florida, from Citrus County, Florida, all the way down to Monroe County. All my folks in Southeast Georgia, from Glen, Charlton, Ware, Thomas County, Lowndes County, Camden County. Appreciate y'all. Those you on the state of Utah, all the way around, around through and through. Appreciate y'all and all my peoples in internet land. You know, I love you. You know, that listen, love. I know I love you. All my folks in Europe. Folks in Asia that listen in, that download the show later, that can catch it because of time zone differences. I love y'all too, right? And the people in my live chat that's been with me through the thick and thin, we always pull it out in the end. I appreciate you and love y'all too, 100%. Now, the uh, guest I have on this evening, I, 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 I met her through... Twitter, you know, the Twitter, the bird, the blue bird, you know, the one that Elon Musk bought and put it in the cage. Actually, no, let me take it back. Elon Musk bought the blue bird and it opened the cage, right? He, he opened the cage and let the blue birds fly and the blue, the blue birds are singing. They are singing to the high heaven and they're telling us that our government hasn't been involved in some fascist bullshit. And, um, yeah. Um, they done told they they done told us what's that one song? Keep telling the news. <laughs> That's what Twitter's been doing. That little tweety tweet bird been doing. Um, contrary to what people believe and say, oh, it could be fake. Nah, they put it out there, and if you don't consider that information is somewhat halfway damning, I don't know what molehill you've been sticking your head in for the last uh, six or so years. But um, I'm gonna need you to unstick it. Because if you don't, they're going to come and cut your head off in the sand and you're not going to know what happened. Because, hmm. Um, but anyway, um, I met this young lady on the Twitter and she was talking about Native American affairs. And y'all, y'all, y'all know me, right? I, I love all of our history and, you know, and, and, and the legalities of our history. And I took a liking to her almost immediately. Um, and, and, um, she she has some very good info on Native American stuff, especially when it comes to the reservations and the the, the quote unquote the legality of the sovereignty of, of the uh, uh, Native American nations and all that good stuff. But I'm not going to spoil her thunder because we're probably going to get into that, and I want her to explain it because you know you you, you guys know I can get carried away with it and run you all down through there. Um, but without further ado, let me introduce my special guest. From the great state of Minnesota, Miss Maddie, good evening and welcome. Good evening, Roddy. Thank you for having me. Well, I greatly appreciate you. Let let my listeners know who you are, who you be, and where you at. Talk to them for me. Talk to them. All right. So, my name is Maddie. I am part Native American, part German. So I'm a little bit of a whoop, also part French which comes into the narrative American side of me. Um, I'm from the Turtle Mountain Reservation in Belcourt, North Dakota. Well, I'm not technically from, my family's from there. I grew up in Minnesota. Okay. But but my family life, you know, we go back to the reservation 
usually nowadays seems more like for funerals just because older generations are dying off. So we're trying to absorb and learn so much from them as long as we can. But when we're out there, we learn a lot. Um, politically, I've always been a nerd. I loved politics as a kid. I was the only elementary school kid that watched the news and read the newspapers. That was me. And I was a Democrat. I was a flaming liberal until September 11th, and I flipped the other way to a Republican. Okay, so hold that thought a second, right? What in particular on September 11th turned on, made you turn the switch? What were, I know the planes crashing, but into the towers and all that, but the nuance of that, what nuance thing of that in particular made you say, oh, snap, what what made you move around a little bit? It was mostly that, okay, so President Bush, in retrospect, I can see where he went wrong a lot of the time, but at that time, I was in ninth grade, I was a scared teenager. So what I saw was a very strong leader who wanted to protect us. And that's kind of what swayed me towards the Republicans. And ever since then, I've been on the Republican side. But at the same time, it's kind of hard because they don't really, they don't talk to their voters very well. They don't speak to us very well. They don't do, like, they do so-called town halls. That's not really a real outreach kind of a thing. So that kind of also bothered me at the same time. But I had to, I, I felt like I had to choose a side. And it was not going to be a side that would not protect us, a side that would just lose, uh, lob, you know, cruise missiles, cruise missiles into Afghanistan or whatever. I didn't feel protected at that point. So I was terrified as a teenager growing up in that kind of a world of terrorism now. That's what made me go towards the Republicans. And I've stayed that way the whole time up until about like the last year. And now I'm like, I'm not, I'm an independent. I don't, I don't really like anybody at this point. I don't trust anybody. Nothing. I, I I think um, uh, a lot a lot of you know my my listeners are you know they, they've kind of had the same journey not particular same circumstance right but they're they're politically home. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Too, right? I mean, yeah, they are cheer on the Republicans, right? You know, individually, but a lot of them, right? A lot of my listeners and my listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but they don't really follow the Republican Party doctrine because they know it's like, mm, y'all, y'all shady too, right? And that that's kind of that that that's kind of um what I um you know that's kind of what we need. We need people to be skeptical if you're going to participate in a political party, right? Um, you got to be able to also hold your own team accountable and. This is this is what has happened, right? We have not held the respective teams, the red team and the blue team, accountable for their actions on on their actions on um, stepping on liberty. And here we are. Now we're in partisan corners, and you're stuck with one group promising uh, promising the um, the illusion of liberty, and the other and the other team taking away liberty, right? So the illusion. Of liberty is still stealing it and people literally writing legislation to steal it from you. And they're both colluding to take it away from you by passing these bills. They're both are doing it. It's so frustrating for me because like, you know, the Republicans used to be about limited government. They don't want the government. We're supposed to be able to live our lives with as little government in our lives as possible. It has not been that way for Republicans for decades. And I'm going way past Nixon. They have not lived up to the party. They are not Republicans. They are, all of them are rhinos. And I'm going to say something controversial. Ron DeSantis, he has the appeal and the bravado of Trump. But he is a statist. He used that power against his enemies that he doesn't like. No, we don't do that. We're not supposed to do that. You want to convince something of somebody? Have a good argument. Come back with a good argument. But banning stuff and all of that is statism. And I can't stand it. Get out of my life. Don't be telling other people, even if they are liberals and I don't like their policies, but I'm not going to force what I believe onto them. And that's what he's kind of doing. And I don't like that. Well, it's wrong. Yeah, my, my, biggest, my, my, my biggest beef with Ron DeSantis, right? I mean, overall, he's been a great governor, but... Yes, he's my, very great for the state. I agree. But... My beef with him, and I've talked about it before on here before, is the anti-riot bill he signed in the law. I was, I, you want to talk about 100, uh, 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 or I just said, um, keep it Woodrow, uh, uh, livid. I was livid, right? Because you're talking about the literally, literally the state, and I don't mean the state as in like the state, but the state meaning the authorities are able mm-hmm. to determine what is and what isn't a riot on a local level? Like, all it takes is someone from the opposite party to look at a few people on the street corner and say, oh, no, they're rioting and pin a third degree felony on them. Just based on that. Mm-hmm. Now, now, yeah, granted, they might get off because you got to have substantial evidence, but they can declare it a riot and then arrest you. Now you got to do prison time. You got to pay a lawyer to get off. Like, that's crazy to me. 
to even do like, like you know what? Yeah, you have your First Amendment, but your First Amendment is limited to what we call the, what the First Amendment is. And again, that is statism to its exact point. Right. And, well, and, and, today, and there's, like, did you see stuff like today about where if you're a blogger and yeah, see, and, and yeah, and, yep, I, I've talked about that. But see, Ron DeSantis didn't know about that bill. He didn't know about that. He didn't know that they were trying oh. to push that through the Senate. He, he he came out. He came flat out and said, "I didn't know about this. What he what what is this?" And he's like, "Automatically no." He's like, "Automatically yeah. no," right? Yeah. But but see, but see, here's the thing though, right? And you bring up something, you bring up a good point, right? Especially when it comes to Republicans and messaging, right? Even the whole political paradigm in messaging, right? Because what happened to Myra Flores, right? We all remember what happened mm-hmm. to Myra Flores, right? With that, 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 that blogger that was paid by a Democrat operative, actually, the candidate paid this blogger to smear Myra Flores with literally racist shit like Miss Frijoles and all that shit, right? So, when Republicans look at that, like, okay, you know what? And I can see in their mind, like, no, we can't let that happen to us, right? And they push the bill. And it's like, no, you can't do that, right? And the way I actually talked to Jeff, Jeff Charles hit me up on it when it first dropped. And Jeff Charles, we had about an hour-long conversation about it. When it dropped, I was like, what you mean? Because I hadn't seen it. And I read it. I was like, oh, snap. So I was like, I read the beginning of it. And the way the bill read it read, oh, okay, so if you're a blogger and you're posting a public notice and you're getting revenue on your site, you need to report that to the state, which is valid and correct. That that would be that would be correct, right, under the guise that public information coming from the government does not have monetary is not to be monetized. But if your site is monetized and the government asks you to post a public notice and you're making revenue, yes, you gotta report that. you got to report that, right? So they were within their bounds on that. But the way they wrote the blogger portion and the way they tried to insert it into into a statute 50 uh, of the Florida statutes was like, "Mm, no, this ain't good. But again, Ron DeSantis didn't know about that. He didn't know about it. He's like, oh, absolutely no. Absolutely no. Like a lot of his messaging is wrong, like with that. AP African American Studies thing. His messaging on that was really bad. Whether it was from yeah. him or his team, but because I get why po- that portion needed to come out because that was a part of the history. But the messaging was so bad, and it gave so much ammo to the left. And I'm like, do you guys think before you guys do these things? Do you? Because a lot yeah. of the times they say something and they think like, yeah, I'm going to gain points with my base. But you are galvanizing the other side instead yeah. of trying to win people over. Right. And, like, and that's it. That's it. That, that's it. won over all of the Democrats. No, but a lot of the Democrats. It, like, he won Miami-Dade. Who does that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, he, he, he wins because he's competent. He knows what he's doing, and he's a strong leader. But the messaging sometimes, especially on a national level, and, is really and, bad. And, and here's the thing, right? And here's the things with Republicans. I can't take nothing away from Republicans when it comes to messaging to a point, right? Because Republicans, the the people they they're speaking to, 
when they speak directly, the people they're speaking to picks up the message. We know what you're saying, right? The people mm-hmm. that it clicks with that are just raw and like often want to just hear it raw, right? But then you have a segment, a huge segment of society that is not receptive to that because they've been used to being babied with words and told that words are violence, right? So that's why when we look at the messaging piece, when it comes to Republicans, right? It's crazy, right? And yeah, granted, we shouldn't have to baby these people, but you also, if you're going to stop a particular thing like this quote unquote woke agenda, right? You got to be able to position it in the correct way, right? Just like when he talked about the whole AP African, African American studies thing, right? His positioning should have been like, you know, with this class, they have inserted queer theory into African-American studies. And that has nothing to do with African-American history, because that is actually saying that, oh, well, African-Americans are queers, too. Right. That's the kind of that's the message. I mean, you know, what I'm saying that I would have rather have heard than the way he said it. Right. Because other people's like, yeah, you're right. Queer history is not part of black history. Why is that even in there in the first place? But the way he presented it. Exactly what he needed to say. Mm -hmm. And the what? Yeah, they could have kind of played with it. But the right, they would have something to go back at. Like, this is not a part of the history. This is, if you want to call it woke or whatever you want to call it, this is not a part of the African-American history. It's right. just not there. Right. I'm not saying that they aren't, you know, gay or lesbian black people. I'm just saying, like, that's not a part of the history. And it doesn't need to be taught there. Right. That's, that's exactly a whole different right. thing. Yep. Yep. But that, that's it's the same thing with Native Americans. We don't have that in our history. No. That's but a new thing. That that's a, that's a recent thing. Right. That's they, a recent they thing. They don't keep any of this on the reservation. No, none of it. no, not at all. Because th- this whole this th- th- this uh, this trans history, this this gay history thing started at Stonewall. Right. Yep. So this is a new thing for the United States. Right. And nothing to take away from 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 the L- the LGBT community. Right. Nothing. To, I'm not taking anything away from them. Right. But understand, like they're the. the their, their place in history is still American history, right? But it's fairly new. Yeah, and here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't see any right how they want to say we gotta have pride in our leaders, right? Right? We gotta have pride in our gay and lesbian leaders and be inclusive, but they won't recognize J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> they won't recognize J. Edgar. Because Jay Edgar, oh. Jay Edgar was a was a gay passe blanc man. Not only was he gay, he was black, quote unquote, under the construct. They won't recognize him. He ran the FBI until he basically for what for fifty years he ran the FBI for fifty years. Because His name's on the not, building. Been, he's what? not a part of the, the, the so called new. History, but there there is history in the past about the there are books that have hints or even stories about this stuff. It just wasn't ever really talked about. Right, and it's not talked about on the reservation. 
my my mom's cousin, he's gay. It's not talked about. He doesn't talk about it. We don't talk about it. And I think it's it's not like we're ashamed or any of that. It's just it's everyday it's life. It's a part of him. Right. He's yeah. just an everyday it's person. Not who he is. It's not his identity. Right. It's just a part of him. Right. And so it's just I I don't I won't say his name, but it's just who he is. And we right. accept that, and we love him just the same. Right. Nobody cares. Right. Like, stop shoving your stuff down our throats. Why do I have to be okay with all of these things? No, I don't have to be okay with that. You know, if my right. niece or nephew is a part of that community, if they turn out to be a part of that community, awesome. I think that's great. But don't force this on these kids, and that's right. what's going on a lot right. of times. Right? Yeah, don't force it. Don't for, it, it, it's like because it, it, and the thing is, is, is as people, as I said before, as people start, you know, leaning more out of conservatism and start leaning more, like you know, more libertarianish, and then you start getting down to like my my wing of politics, as I like to call it. You know, it's in downwing libertarianism, and you know, you, you really live by the non-aggression do- uh, doctrine, right? Basically is don't impose on me. I won't impose on you, nor shall you impose on anyone or anything else unless it's aggressing upon you, right? Live and let live, right? Thomas Paine, right? Live and let live, right? That's the way they used to be. Right. So how did we get here? You know, You know how we got here? We got here because... You know, we we uh, a lot of a lot of Americans have become very virtual. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Virtuous in their morality. Right now, there are some things right. Here's the thing. There's some things in our culture. Right. That we won't tolerate, but it's not fair for us to enforce those cultural things. We don't uh, tolerate upon other cultures. Right. This is why we are still in the Middle East. This is why, right, the rise of anti-Atlanticism in Europe is at its highest peak right now. Because we're running around imposing our moral will upon the world. Who are, again, right? And I kind of had this discussion earlier, right, with someone like, who are we? Right? What gives us the moral superiority? To impose what's right and wrong when others may think their way is right. Right? And think we're wrong. Right? 
Like when people say like the third world and I'm like, if they want to have a life like ours, they will. They'll mm-hmm. get there. But like Afghanistan, perfect example. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with going in for like maybe the first five years, maybe. But after that, it became nation building. We don't need to build a nation there. We don't right. need to, I get wanting to protect women and girls there and all that stuff. But they don't want that a lot of the time. They don't, look, Afghanistan has had fights there or wars, whatever you call since, this, whatever since, you want to call them. Since biblical times. Since biblical times, yeah. they've been fighting over there, right? Exactly. And I'm like, you know what? At a certain point, you need to walk away. We can't force them to have our lives. They don't right. want that. Right. Now, maybe they it, do want women right. and girls to go to school. But they have to fight for themselves to want that. We can't fight for them. Right. They have to want it. Right. And, 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 and again, right, it's, it's, it's the difference in culture, right? Like, I mean, we look here, right? And, and when there's a usually a gun debate, I usually bring this up because I've spent a little bit of time in the Middle East to myself over, over the years, right? At different points in time, right? And, you know, over here, we would never, ever, ever, ever ha- allow an eight-year-old to carry a fully automatic rifle, would we? Never. No. But you go over to Afghanistan, you got eight-year-old, nine-year-old kids wielding fully automatic AK-47s, right? Has there ever been a school shooting? I, I want people to really think about this a minute, right? The real true difference in our cultures. Now, are they wrong or are we wrong or are we right or are they right? You see what I'm saying? Like, this, this is where we've gotten in this country where we, we've forgotten to build our own culture, but yet we're going to go over to nation build and use our cultural norms and morals upon other countries that have had something established for over thousands of years. I mean, look, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Israel, right? Jordan, you know, all those countries, they've been settled since biblical times. All of them. They've been doing this a lot longer than we have. So the question is, where do we get off imposing our will upon them? Right? Yeah. What we have in this country, I, I think 100% from, from, from a, a American cultural standpoint, we have the moral superiority, right? We have less of the immoral crimes happening that in our, in our mind that is immoral, right? But I would never for a minute impose that upon some, uh, upon anyone else in another country. I would not dare. Yeah, I would not dare do me. it. Hmm? You get me so mad because as an American, I see what we're doing because it was done to us. Oh. We were forced onto land that where we could farm. We couldn't do anything with it. And then we were also, so my great-grandmother was forced onto a cattle car to a government school in Oregon to have her hair cut and learn to speak English and to learn, I always say it the the way I feel personally, the white man's way. Mm -hmm. 
And she eventually learned everything, and she ended up liking it. You, you know why she liked it out there? Because she was able to have a job. That's why she liked it. Because there, there, there were no jobs there on the reservation. It was all death out there at that time. Yeah, hold that, hold that thought. Hold that thought because this is interesting. I want I want to get back to that. We gotta pay we gotta pay the bills real quick. So y'all know what to do. Cheese do your cheese wine and crackers thing. And when we come back, we're gonna continue this conversation with Miss uh, with Miss Maddie here on Chasing Life, Liberty and Minarchy. We'll be back here in five. Heroes. I'm Joe Chiro, Fox News. President Biden in Selma, Alabama, to mark 58 years from what has become known as Bloody Sunday. President Biden spoke with the Edmund Pettus Bridge behind him, assuring the legacy of marchers in 1965, including the late John Lewis, who fought for the right to vote. Laid in the bedrock of our Constitution, but stolen by hate harbored in too many hearts. The president says it's a fight America faces today as he seeks to pass a Voting Rights Advancement Act in Congress named for Lewis. Fox's Grinnell Scott. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis making a stop at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California to promote his new book. He said many people are moving to Florida because of its conservative leadership and gave the state's approach to COVID-19 as an example. We refused to let our state descend into some type of Faucian dystopia where people's rights were curtailed and their livelihoods were destroyed. DeSantis told the crowd that the reason some states, like California, are losing population are because of Democratic governors. Congressional hearings are scheduled this week to assess worldwide threats. Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Mark Warner is planning to propose bipartisan legislation that would tackle possible technological threats. This week, um, I've got a broad bipartisan bill that I'm uh, launching with my friend John Thune, will be the Republican lead, where we're going to say, in terms of foreign technology coming into America, we've got to have a systemic approach to make sure that we can ban or prohibit it when necessary. Warner on Fox News Sunday. Authorities in Arizona say a 26-year-old woman has died after a utility terrain vehicle crash in Apache Junction early this morning. Three men were also hurt in the crash, but their injuries are not believed to be life-threatening. America is listening to Fox News. Hey, Prime members. Top Fox shows like Fox News Hourly Update, The Five, Fox News Rundown, and hundreds of others are available ad-free with your Prime membership. To listen, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com forward slash Fox Hourly. With Amazon Music, you get access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts. Avoid the ads and listen to your favorite shows ad-free with the Amazon Music app or by visiting amazon.com forward slash Fox Hourly. That's amazon.com forward slash Fox Hourly. 
China is increasing its defense budget. Fox's Brooke Singman reports. China injecting even more money into its military as the communist nation says it is, quote, boosting its combat preparedness. Now, the country announcing a 7.2 percent military budget increase. China's premier also pledging a, quote, peaceful unification with Taiwan during an address to the country's parliament. This marks the eighth consecutive year of single-digit percentage point increases in what is now the world's second-largest military budget, along with the world's biggest standing army. China has the world's largest navy. Former President Trump, the keynote speaker at the Republican CPAC convention yesterday, where straw poll was taken to see who voters want to see win the primaries. Fox's Marianne Rafferty. Donald Trump tops the CPAC straw poll for 2024 Republican nomination. Trump won with 62 percent support, followed by his closest rival. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He got 20% of the vote. The results were announced shortly before Mr. Trump took the stage to speak with hundreds who had gathered in Maryland. Neither Republican candidates Nikki Haley or Vivek Ramaswamy managed to clear 10% of the votes at the convention. A couple is suing a Hawaii tour company for allegedly abandoning them in the ocean. Fox's Laura Cantor with the story. Alexander Burkle and Elizabeth Webster are suing Maui Sail Company for $5 million. After their honeymoon snorkeling trip to Lanai in September of 2021 went awry. When the waters became turbulent, the boat took off, leaving the couple fearing for their lives as conditions worsened. The pair eventually making it to shore, where they were later discovered by local residents. The couple's attorney, Jared Washkowitz, saying the company's disorganization led to them not realizing the couple was missing, even after conducting three head counts. Laura Cantor, Fox News. And I'm Joe Chiro, Fox News. Hey, Prime members. Top Fox shows like Fox News Hourly Update, The Five, Fox News Rundown, and hundreds of others are available ad-free with your Prime membership. To listen, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com forward slash Fox Hourly. With Amazon Music, you get access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts. Avoid the ads and listen to your favorite shows ad-free with the Amazon Music app or by visiting amazon.com forward slash Fox Hourly. That's amazon.com forward slash Fox Hourly. Uh, sorry about that, y'all. That's weird. That kind of cut out a little sooner than normal. But anyway, I uh, appreciate y'all hanging out for a hot minute <laughs> while we get that kind of corrected. Um, remember, if you're not subscribed to this thing here, um, please make sure you do so. Please make sure you do that. Um, you can search for Southern Liberty. You can search for Chasing Life, Liberty, and Minarchy. It's all going to lead you kind of back to the same area. Make sure you subscribe to all that good stuff. And do the things 
like you always do. If you're not part of the Patreon, make sure you do that. Patreon dot T-O-L-M. Stands for Torture Liberty Media. Patreon.com forward slash T-O-L-M. Make sure you sign up. All that good stuff. Because we got some stuff that goes down over there. We're going to start live streaming over there. Um, video live streaming on the Patreon. Um, starting next week, we're going to be doing little, I'll be doing little news breaks, uh, on there. Man, I'm thinking every couple hours just to test out the waters, let y'all know kind of what's going on out here. So you can kind of keep up a little bit and then we'll probably spend a little further. So that'll be only available for people that are members of the Patreon. You get to check that out. So make sure if you're not part of the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash T O L M. Appreciate it. We're here with Miss Maddie. And we're about to was about to go down through there on this uh Native American uh stuff. She was talking about her uh her, her uh, your grandmother, right? Is it your grandmother, right? That went to school in Oregon, right? Yeah. Well yeah. my great grandma. Great grandmother, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, so the like. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. People think, like, it was, like, the most horrible thing. And it really was. But there was also a chance of a a better life for Native Americans when they got pulled off the reservation. But that just proves that the reservations are a death sentence for, for the most part. If you stay there, you don't get out and move, have a job, even do the rest of your state. It's a death sentence. That's what the government has done to us. So she went to Oregon. She learned English. She learned how to act the way that they do. And she got a job. She was a waitress. And she loved it because she was making money finally. And she always sent that money home. The only reason why she went back is someone died on the reservation, a family member, and she never left after that. And that kind of sealed her fate. And she kind of like bounced around to different men. She was never someone that stayed with a, the same man until the end. Um, so like my grandma and her siblings, most of them have different fathers. None of them were really in their lives. But they were, I mean, they were all in America but, and in the same area, but they never stepped up to be a part of their, their children's lives. It was always on the mom. So my grandma, when she was, we'll say elementary school age, because I don't know the exact age, it was like eight or between eight and ten, but she was, sent to a farm near the reservation to help the wife that was there who was pregnant. And she would get up at 4 a.m. 
go there, help that mom um, make breakfast for all the ranchians, and help clean up, did all the laundry, which laundry out there was literally washboard in a bucket laundry. That's how it was when my grandma was there. And so she was doing that for them. And then she would go to school for a little bit. Then she would go back to the farm and work. She didn't get home until about 11 o'clock at night because she had to help out with everything at that farm. And the money that my grandma earned went straight to my great-grandma because they couldn't afford anything. So if we want to tie this all the way back to Afghanistan, where they people say they sell their kids for money. And I kind of get that because you are so poor that you need your kids to work to help you out. And that's exactly what the government forced my family to do. So when they send us commodity foods or send us money for getting vaccinated and all that stuff, that is just, to me, a vote by. You don't care about us. Right. None of you care about us. Right, and and and, that, and that's the that's not the thing. Not going on a really long rant, but I'll try not to. No, no, but 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 you're right though, right? Because everything, right, the government has tried, and, and you're talking about the commodities, right? So we're, we're talking about mm-hmm. TANF, right? T A N F, right? Yep. We're talking about SNAP, right? All of this stuff that to get government control over people's lives, right? A lot of this mm-hmm. this systematic stuff was done. To our Native Americans, right? I mean, look at the the abortion clinic thing, right? I mean, you had abortion clinics, right? You had abortion clinics in America, but they were just like sparse and far in between. Oh, the government said, well, let's do an experiment. Let's put them on reservations, right? Let's Mm -hmm. put them on reservations. Let's also give them what what became SNAP or, or TANF, right? That all started with Native Americans, mm-hmm. right? I know a lot, lot of my American friends remember the, 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 the government cheese in the box in the box, the powdered eggs in the yeah. bag, the powdered milk in the box. Y'all remember yeah. that, that USDA thing? That started with Native Americans. They tested that yeah. on Native Americans. They still get that. Yeah. They still get that. I know they do, but no. T- here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. No other Americans are eligible for that. No other American is eligible for that, right? You you will not see another so-called American getting the block cheese in the cardboard box anymore. That all gets shipped to the to the Native American reservations around the country. And back to the point you were saying right earlier before we went to the break, how they pushed all the Native Americans right into desolate lands. They pushed them into the desert. Then they give them land and say, oh, this is your land. It's desert land. Like, for example, right? Cherokee Nation. No, is it Cherokee? Not Cherokee. Choctaw Nation. Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma is literally the Choctaw Nation, right? But what can they do with that land? Nothing. So the federal government says, oh, we're going to use it for our purpose, right? And this is why... Um, you, you know, uh, I, I was siding with the people with the um, the the Native Americans. Uh, the, what was the one pipeline? Um, uh, uh, the Keystone pipeline. Not Keystone. The other one. The other one. Further north. 
than Keystone. Um, you know which one I'm talking about. But all the native, right? The all the Native Americans that were like, yeah, this is going to bring revenue. This is going to bring jobs. This is. And people like, and, and you had the little green activists. No, it's going to hurt the land. What do you care about Native American land for? You don't live here. You don't live okay. here. <laughs> so I have a story about that. So in Upper Minnesota, there was a pipeline. Mm-hmm. And the company that ran it, it was Native Americans. All the jobs were Native American yes. men. Mm-hmm. And when. I don't know if it was, I think it, I want to say Biden, but when he came in and he asked all that stuff, they were mad. You know Mm -hmm. why? Because you just, excuse my language, you just took away jobs from us. Good paying jobs. And if you think that Native Americans thought that those pipelines were actually going to endanger the land, we wouldn't. And we won't do anything. We won't be a part of it. It protects the land because you don't have trains derailing with right. toxic chemicals. You don't have trucks turning over right. and exploding. Like, they have no idea of how much they have hurt us by doing this so-called green crap. You're not helping us. It was the Dakota Access Pipeline. Dakota Access, I remember now because it was running. Oh, it was yeah, running yeah. through the the Standing Rock Reservation. Yep. Yep. And mm-hmm. yeah, there was a few and people that were the get, land after they all left after they protested. Yep. Litter was garbage. Yep, sure was. And yeah, there were a few um, uh, members of the. Um, I think it was a Sioux tribe that's there, right, on the Standing Rock. That's Sioux, right? Yeah, that is Sioux. Yeah. That protested but kind of find out later a lot of those sioux indian protesters were paid by the eco-nazis to do that yep. right so i'm sitting here like they're bringing jobs to native american land right mm-hmm. and then they say no eco-nazis no you can't do it you gotta mess up the land and just like you said it's safer to transport it through a pipeline than it is to have a train derailing that is laid directly right through your reservation. Exactly. Like, I, there is, so when they, I'm going to kind of switch the conversation a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Like, when they say, like, we're a sovereign nation, but we're on federal land, that doesn't, that, that doesn't make any sense because they forced us onto so-called federal land. So if you commit a crime on the reservation, you get a federal penalty. It's not correct. Some state or even local stuff. It's a federal penalty. And my family is paid dearly for that. Granted what they were doing were wrong. But the penalties were so much harsher for us than they would be for anybody else. My like my mom's cousin was in prison for years for something that would maybe get him 10 years if he was here in Minnesota and not on a reservation. It's ridiculous. We are not sovereign nations. We are federally controlled. And then when the FBI comes in to try to help, like, so-called solve a crime, 
you don't help because it's like one random person that comes in. You don't know us. Get out. Right. You're exactly right. Because that reminds me of the the Supreme Court case last year, Oklahoma versus uh, Castro Huerta, right? Where where Oklahoma thought they had the state jurisdiction to charge a non a non Native American on reservation land with a crime when they could not, and the Supreme Court settled that like no, they're on federal land. You cannot charge them with a crime, regardless if they committed it on state land. You cannot charge them. But see, the other part with that, too, though, right, is how they use, how they deputize, you know, some of your your, uh, Native American um, reservation officers, right, as federal officers, like for ICE or Border Patrol, right, and then turn around and Mm -hmm. use them to inflict federal law instead of following tribal law. That's where you get me because I have family members who are mm-hmm. tribal police or who have been. Mm-hmm. And it is the most heartbreaking thing for them mm-hmm. because they end up being forced to arrest their own family over things that would be minor normally, but it it's a federal thing there. Right. So, like, when my uncle had to arrest my mom's cousin, he warned him multiple times, like, you got to stop this. But he didn't. He went and did that. And my uncle was ostracized because he did that. It was his job. Uh, he All he wanted to do was protect his community. But tribal police are not really tribal police. You are connected right. to the federal government. Correct. And so if there's like a, if we could police our own community, I think it would be better. But then again, I also look at, so I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory on me. I was raped when I was 21. What I think of it now is I became another one of the statistics for Native American women to be raped. But I'm also what my fight is going to be is the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Nobody fights for us. We go missing all the time. We get murdered all the time. Nobody tries to find out who did it. Not even on our on our reservation, the tribal police isn't without being a part of the federal government. Nobody really looks into it. We just know what happened. Why is that? We need to stop that. We need to protect our women. Look. And we need to and it, like only here, like one on the reservation is a whole different story too. If hey, you can't protect yourself there. Look, this is a trend, right? This is a trend, and and I want and I want the listeners to understand something. What she just just described is what our local municipalities that get federal funding for their police forces do. Major amounts of money. For example, look at Chicago, and I hate. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Using those talking points, but really what you described, let's look at this a minute. Let's look at the clearance rates of these cities that get huge amounts of federal money for law enforcement and look at their clearance rates. It's the same thing Miss Maddie is talking about happens on the reservation. Now, if you get municipalities that are get state funding for law enforcement, you see the clearance rates are a lot higher, right? Like for example, right? You look at let's just take let's let's for example, right? You're in Minnesota, right? So I I can stay in Minnesota with you, right? The clearance rate, right? For 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 crimes, right? In Minnesota, in Minneapolis is a lot lower than it would be in Brainerd. Absolutely. Right. And those of you that don't know, mm-hmm. don't know where Brainerd, Minnesota is, it's up in the middle of the uh, m- many a thousand lakes, about an hour and a half, two hours north of Minneapolis. Brainerd, right? They used to have a huge drug problem back in the day. They don't anymore because the police mm-hmm. force is not getting federal money. They're working off of taxpayer money and money from the state. And you're using that money as they're supposed to. Because as soon as the federal government gets their claws into a municipality, they can twist them any which way they want. Right? Because if they, because if the people don't comply right to the federal government, what they say, they don't get money. And that's why you see these big cities like Chicago, like the Dallas's, the Baltimore's, the DC's, right? They get federal money and you see the highest crime. I'm just saying people say uh, uh, correlation is not causation, but I'm going to tell you what um, something's going on there. Hmm? It's it's just, I don't even have words to explain like how frustrating I am. Like why, why do this to us? I guess is my question and you know for the left I'll say like they're all for you know the social justice and all this crap but none of you know what we go through none of you have talked to a real Native American woman who has that history none of you talk to us you say you're for us but you know nothing about this nothing about us so come to us and sit down and talk to us. And we'll tell you what we want and what we need. You know, like, that's what's really frustrating. So, like, if people want to go with the, 
simple, easy way to see what it's really like. I always connect my life to if people are too lazy to really do the research. Watch the movie Wind River. That movie shows you exactly what our life is like. It's desolate. The women and girls go missing and murdered all the time. And it's just expected. Right. And then you have one FBI agent come in who doesn't know anything. And, you know, in the movie, she tried her best. But, like, nobody cares. And that, like, people say we're, you know, like, you know, all these other races are ignored. And I'm like, I don't think any of you realize how ignored we really are. We really are, like, nobody talks about us in the way that we should be talked about, I guess. Right. And that's kind of, like, what I want to do is, you know, like, when you brought up the abortion thing for Native Americans, and I got so livid because I knew exactly what they did to us. And to me, that was a form of genocide. Yes, it was. You didn't want any more of us, so you sterilized us. Without our knowledge, by the way. It wasn't right. consensual. It was without our knowledge you sterilized us. No. There has always been a genocide against my people. And I'll always say that. And people are like, well, you know, you think genocide, you think of, you know, World War II and Jewish people. No, that's not what it is for me. Ours has been a long game with the government and we keep fighting and we will always keep fighting but people don't see it and I no they don't can I open some eyes with people like you have no idea what we go through what mm-hmm. we've been through but sit down and just talk to us that's all I ask right I don't and, have and to that, fight me Right, and, and, that, and, and, and that, that's the thing, Miss Maddie, right? And especially on, on, on this show, right? And it, it, all, all my listeners will tell you, like, we, we talk about all all of that history, right? Good, bad, ugly, whole nine yards. So so people get a perspective of, you know, where where we are. Now, you know, we don't beat the war drum like, you know, America, America bad, America bad, right? We have some tarnish. We have some tarnish mm-hmm. on our souls, Right. And we have to be able to admit that to improve and go forward and understand not to commit the atrocities again. But as people begin to hide them or say, oh, that's not true, that can't be true. And they keep suppressing it. These things keep repeating itself. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you, though. Right. What is your opinion on ICWA? I love ICWA, the Indian Child Welfare Act. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, I hate you with the acronym. I should have just said it all the way out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Um, honest to God, anything that comes from like ICWA or any kind of, I, I can't even believe I'm thinking. Anything that comes from uh, like a connection to the government, I don't like it. I don't like it. First off, I don't like it. 
I don't like... I don't even have words to say this. Like, I don't... I've never been speechless like this, but, like, I don't under... I don't... I don't trust anything anymore. So when they put these, like, ikwa forward, I don't trust what they were saying or what they want to do. Like, um, Peggy Flanagan, our... Lieutenant Governor of Native American. And she's worked with the mission, uh, missing and murdered Native American women and girls. But at the same time, she's also hindering us. So I don't... I don't really have a lot of strong feelings about it. It's just, it is what it is. And... I'm seriously speechless. Like, I don't have any words to really fight against it or for it. It's just, I get so tired of all these things. So, I don't really know. I don't have a lot of strong feelings on it. Well, it's, my thing, my thing at ICWA is, is that, it, it it they they've been they've been talking about trying to strike it down for a minute a long time right and i'm like this right if 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 the if the uh, the the reservations are quote unquote sovereign land right air quotes i'm throwing up air quotes here y'all right if native american reservations are sovereign land then what gives a person that does not live on the reservation a right to go into a sovereign nation just to adopt a child out of a system that it's not a part of? Right. We're, we're, how, how can we do that? Well, the government would have to step in and allow you to do it. I'm sorry. That sounds a little bit like slavery to me. It's been that way, though. That's why I don't like I don't have. I do have strong feelings, but it's just, it's been that way for years. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, now it just has a name to it or whatever, but that's the way it's been. I don't, I believe in keeping our kids within our culture. Not that they don't need to learn other things, other right. cultures and stuff, but be raised in their own culture. They'll have a family from the reservation, and there are always families willing to take kids in. So don't come in and take our kids. And what are you going to do with those kids? If you're a genuine person, awesome. But most of the time you're not. And that kind of reminds me of, like, the foster system and how those kids go through it. And they, they've never really truly put the Native American kids in that, in the whole, and I'm going to throw up air quotes, foster system. But <laughs> we've been in there too. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, I just, I don't know if it's slavery, but. Well, I mean, it, it, uh, I mean, I mean, look. Well, I mean, look, if the federal government can basically say, you know what, you have to let that child go and be adopted. Uh, out of out of a system that you have set up because we have jurisdiction, yeah, I, I I would lean on the lines of it being basically legalized slavery at that point. 
right? Because you can sit there and you know what I'm saying? ICWA is supposed to protect the children that are on the reservation and the tribal government is, you know what I mean, is to have exclusive jurisdiction over these children. But the tribal government is also part of the federal government, right? Mm-hmm. Here we are. We've arrived. That's what I'm saying. We've always mm-hmm. been in there, in that system. It just has a name now. Right. So I That's actually, there's a, there's a question that was shot to me in the chat from one of my from one of my moderators, and the question is, we got a couple of few minutes left, so this would be good timing. Um, on res- she asked, Miss Cheryl asked, on the reservations, do people have a feeling of obligation to stay with their own? Or or do they see no way out and they just stay? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so as I said, like, you know, some grew up there, some didn't. Like, my mom went to kindergarten there. Mm-hmm. But my grandma, the, you know, the only reason why my grandma was on the reservation when my mom went to kindergarten there was because she could afford to have her baby anywhere else. So, like, her next child anywhere else because it was technically free on the reservation to have her baby. So her and my mom's father went there, they stayed there, had the baby there, and then left. So it's, like I said before, like, you need to get a life, have jobs and all that stuff. And then, I don't know if it's an obligation or if you just feel like you need to go home. And home is always a reservation. So then they go back when they retire. So it's a little bit of both, like, you kind of leave, you come back. And some people do feel stuck there. I know that. I've seen that. Like, I've, the violence on the reservation, I've seen that too. Um, like, a lot of the younger kids these days feel kind of stuck, but the parents are trying to push them off the reservation. Like, they're pushing it, them into sports and all of these things to get them off the reservation. Because they know what life they could have if they stay. So it's a little bit of both. It's, I guess it's hard to explain. I guess if you, if you're not there or you've never been there or talked to any of us, but it's a little bit of both. Like you have to leave to have a rural life and have a job, but cult- culturally, and home is always the reservation. Like, the last time I was there was when my aunt passed away. And I learned so much. They had a traditional, like, funeral and all of the drums and everything. And I learned a lot. But that's not a place that I would go and want to live there until I'm older. Because there's nothing there. So it's kind of like a little bit of both, I guess. Okay, I can, I, I can, I can, I can, I can see that, right? Because I've been, 
you know, well, everybody knows I, I, I lived, I lived in Utah for a, a specified amount of time. And, you know, I always used to go down to the Paiute reservation, right. Um, which is down in Southern Utah and down there. And it was, it's, it's always, it's always, it's always an experience going down there. Um, you know, to, to meet the people. And, you know, in that time I was, I was a, uh, I was a diehard, uh, red thumping Republican, right. And one of our auxiliary, mm-hmm. our auxiliaries, part of the state Utah GOP, they, you know, they were the, um, the, uh, Paiute Republicans. So I would go down and visit with them. Right. Cause I was, I was the chairman of the Utah black Republican assembly at the time. So I would go down there and I would conversate with them and, you know, we'd be all, we're all part of the state central committee. So, you know, we'd align on a lot of things and, you know, we tried our best to, you know, get people to understand when we come, you know, with our more libertarian ish approach, Right. Um, it's not to, you know, undermine conservatism in any, any type of way. It's to understand that we don't need all this other stuff on our back either. Right. When, when, when it comes to affairs and just looking at the state of affairs with the Indian, Indian reservations, quote unquote, I hate using Indian cause that's kind of, to me, that's like a slave label, but that's another story for another day. I hate, I hate the word Indian. Right. Um, so we use Native American. Um, but um, we see what has happened, what they, what they're doing, right? The, by virtue of the, and it's written in the constitution, right? I mean, it's literally written in the constitution that Congress has the plenary and exclusive power over Indian tribes and Indian land. Right. And we just kind of talked about that with, you know, with the, the federal law and things like that. It's written in the constitution. That's how they're getting by with this. Right. If they're able to Wait, do that. That's like a, no, like people glossed over that, and it makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like we are, like everybody talks about being like, you know, what was it like one third of a person? Yeah, the three fifths clause. Yeah, yeah, the three. Oh yeah, three fifths. Yeah, and I'm like, we still aren't people in in the eyes of the government. We are not people. We are nothing. So it gets me so mad. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the, the three fifths clause one. The, 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 see, it, it, the three fifths clause. That's an interesting conversation because I've talked about that before, and I, I, I keep telling, and, and you know, I keep telling the uncomfortable truth of the three fifths clause is the three fifths clause segregated, right? The, the 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 free persons from the slaves from quote unquote the Indians as written in the Constitution right it yep. separated them right so they basically said that there were free persons and there were Indians which quote unquote Indians were sovereign right quote unquote, according to the three fifths clause Indians were sovereign they were not to be included into being slaves they were technically would be free persons but they come back later in section eight under the commerce clause and takes plenary power over the native americans right because they they, because they use and those y'all can read it it's article one of remember article one section eight clause three 
right? Tells you that the Commerce Clause tells you that they have a right to commerce over foreign nations and Indian tribes, right? And then with that, they use the Treaty Clause in Article 2 to impose their will. See? So, yeah, the Constitution is, wait, it's like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, jeez. What just happened? That's exactly what happened. And for people not to think that they have perfected this in this, right? In, in, in this bit here. And now they're inflicting it on every single demographic of person in the country at their will because they've already perfected using the Commerce Clause to put people in a position to be destitute. Right. And, and I yep. talk about this when we're talking about regulating guns. Right. And, and, and you know, I tell a lot of my diehard Second Amendment um, people. You know, it's like, yes, it says shall not be infringed, but you're forgetting about how they're getting around that. Right. They always forget that part. And it's the commerce clause. Right. They they treat guns as commerce. Right. They can control how this item is bought and sold across state lines. They take jurisdiction over the guns using the Commerce Clause, and then they can pass laws, right? They can pass laws uh, based on the Commerce Clause to regulate guns. Once we take that, the misinterpretation of the Commerce Clause out, right? Once we take, once people figure out that that's what we have to take away, guess what? The the, the federal jurisdiction over, uh, uh, over uh, Native American affairs goes away. The regulation on guns goes away. It all goes away, but no one wants to. They have you pointed. You can't step on a Second Amendment. Well, you can, according to the interpretation of the Commerce Clause. They can. It's why they keep doing it. Hello. It's ridiculous. Like hello. Okay, so there's a new law or a new bill, I should say, in Minnesota, and it all but outlaws any ownership of a gun unless it's a hunting rifle. But everything has to be registered through the government. Wow. I'll send you it. But it's ridiculous. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But then I go back to um there was no Republican outreach here mm-hmm. until the Saturday before the freaking election. And that's when Ronna McDaniel, who is inept and should never have that job again, but they voted her in again. That's a whole other story for me. But, um, right. <laughs> but uh, there was no support here. They fought hard and they got so damn close to getting the governorship. But they lost by an inch. But also at the same time, I'm on say, Republicans, your outreach is shit. And now we have to deal with all of these stupid laws. And I think they're just like making laws to make laws, like a law about, um, you know, you can't force a kid to cut their hair for any reason. Mm-hmm. For cultural reasons, and I'm like, we don't do that here anyway. 
So that's a stupid law. Driver's license for all. What does that even mean? So you're going to let a toddler have a, a license? What mm-hmm. does that mean? Right. Stupid laws that don't mean anything. But the gun thing, like, that's a serious issue here. Hey, but, my dad but, but, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, Miss Maddie, right? Did you know Minnesota? The Minnesota Constitution is one of very few constitutions that does not have a right to bear arms in it. Yep. It's That's kind of like an unspoken thing. Like nobody addresses it, but it's being addressed now. Uh-huh. And what they're doing, they're going to hammer down and get rid of all guns, which they can do because you don't have a state constitutional right to carry. Yep. Right? And it's 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 so frustrating. Like people keep saying like, Oh, you're such a liberal state and like if you know most of us, we are not a liberal state. We want our guns. We want our freedom. We don't want the government in our life. And that goes from the outer suburbs of the cities all the way to the north, the northern border with Canada. And then you can go to the southern side of the city all the way to the border of Iowa. We are a Republican state, but there's so much power in the Twin Cities area that's all liberal. And nobody wants to fight them on it. And it gets no. me so mad. Like, y'all got to start fighting. You can't, like, Jack, I don't know how to say his name, Prospect or whatever. The guy who, I, I don't even know how to say his name. I'm sure you know him. Um, but he's very popular for saying get out of cities. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's his name? Was it Jack Posobiec? Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, stand your ground, stop fucking running away like a little pussy, and get your ass in there and fight for these areas. Because we can make them safe. We can make them strong. We can make them thriving. But everybody yeah, runs away. And, and you know what? That the whole thing, though, Miss Maddie, it, and that comes into the conversation, right? About the uh, the whole national divorce thing, right? Everybody wants a national oh, divorce, oh. right? And I don't know if you saw the That's poll I right? And I don't know if you saw the poll I did, but I asked, what should a national divorce be? Should it be by political subdivision or should it be by party? You know, majority of the people voted party, and I'm like, I mean, not party, but political yeah. subdivision, and I'm like. Why? Why are you that married to your political party that you think they're gonna they're 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 gonna do right by you? I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, not party, but your political subdivision. I'm sorry, right? But again, right? You're that married to your party, right? And I'm sitting here. I was like, no, I do. I divorce the party first, right? Make them, if you want to be sitting in that seat, you need to come to me and tell me what you're going to do. And I want to hold you to account. I don't want you, oh, come to my rally and I'll tell you. No, no, you need to come to me and tell me what you want to do, right? In that, in in that, you know, within context, right? Right. That's what gets me so mad is like Republicans don't fight. They don't want to persuade anybody. They just like, they just, this is what we're for. Like us or not, and I'm like, no, right? You need to fight for every single person. Lincoln, did he just fight for the North or no? Nope. Or 
Nope. He, yeah, he, he talked for everybody. Yep. He talked to and everybody. He was not considered. Yep. You know, a full American. Yep. He fought for everybody. You all are shitting on his damn grave by mm. doing this bullshit, by running away and not fighting. That's yep. what makes me mad. You, we are no longer the party of Lincoln. We are a party of wussies. You run away. We we have our guns and all that, sh- all that crap. But like, what are you gonna do? You really gonna fight the government when they show up at your door? Are you? I don't think you really will. So sit down and shut up, or stand up and fight, because you all are not fighting. None of you are fighting. You are running away. And Jesse Kelly is a huge person who talks about. A- Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey, Virginia, did you know the law protects patients from surprise medical bills? Insurance companies and hospitals post cost information online. You can request a good faith estimate three days ahead of hospital care. Know your rights as a healthcare consumer. Visit controlyourcare.com to learn more about patient-focused healthcare laws. Controlyourcare.com can help empower your healthcare decisions. Paid for by the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association national divorce and you know you know creating red states and I'm like that is weak that is so yeah. weak that, you that, won't even fight that's right that is weak right and that is weak literally based on the fact that it has been known in our history that the 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 emotional appealing party always infiltrates what is to be the principal party, right? And what we're what I'm we're kind of referring to is the Lily White movement, right? How how the the, the, the Southern how, how the the true Dixiecrats they say Dixiecrats were the section of Dixiecrats started out the Reconstruction, right? And, mm-hmm. and and they infiltrated the Republican Party and kicked all the all the quote unquote black folks out of the Republican Party, right? Forced them out. Right. All the all these Southern Democrats that turned Republican forced all these black folks out of the party. Right. Based on emotional appeal and Republicans didn't fight back. They didn't fight back. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of I guess that's kind of that's kind of where we are right in all this. Right. And 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 I think over the years, a lot of us had got caught up in the whole. Oh well, you're over on the Democrat plantation, and 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 all this. I and mean, it's like after a while, it's like you know what? That's really not the right thinking, right? Because now you're invoking something that they can use fuel. And look, they're still racist over there. They're talking about plantations. Bad messaging, right? right? Well, that's what's so frustrating. Is like we walk into these messes all the time, or like the right does, I should say. And I'm like, would you just stop? Think, stop getting so emotional about everything and use your logic. 
But most people don't know the history of the Republican Party. I bet you you can ask Lindsey Graham about the Lily White, and he probably doesn't know anything about it. That's what's frustrating. Right. Majority. Yeah. Majority of them do. Right. And that's the thing. And and that's a lot of things I've done on this show. And my my, again, my my listeners far and broad and and, and close by will tell you, you know, uh, they don't teach the history of America from Reconstruction to civil rights. They don't talk about any of that. Right. They go from, oh, the party of Lincoln. In the meantime, they talk about, like, the wars with the Native Americans in that time. Right. But they don't talk about the stuff in between there for African Americans. And I'm like, yo, what what happened yeah. then? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we get incomplete pieces of history, and that's why, you know, people are easily gaslit over, over stupid things like CRT. Right? Oh. Right, See, because 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 you know you know things like that, right? And, and I know there's gonna be people that people that listen to me that are like so pro CRT. But here's the thing, right? Critical race theory or diversity, equity, inclusion, whatever you want to, whatever three letters you want to put on it, is hot garbage because ninety percent of them that preach that do not even understand well, the history about? of the United States. Yeah, they've never. Right. And every time I run across these some of these CRT people asking, I say, who's the first, quote unquote, black man elected to public office on this land, either under the Confederation or the United States of America? None of them can tell me who it was and what office it was. And I said, well, name the second one. They can't name the second one. Oh, but Frederick Douglass. Yeah, Frederick Douglass was nominated to be vice president. Yes, but you still didn't name the first, quote unquote, black person nominated to public office. I mean, that, that you know, I mean, that was elected to public office in the United States. They can't name it. Right. Because they, they can only name. Right. Booker T. Booker T. Never served in office. They can name Frederick Douglass. They can someone can name Ida B. Wells. You know, people can name all these people: James Baldwin and and, and Langston Hughes and all these people, right? Zora Neale Hurston, bless her soul, right? She's a Florida girl, Edenville, right? But then they can't name, you know, um, PBS Pinchback. They can't name. Right. Joseph Rainey. Right. They can't name Josiah Walls. Right. Because everything in American history for them has been convoluted into bullshit. And then, oh, we got Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And but they were never elected. Oh, what what about um the senator from Massachusetts? What's his name? Black man that was elected in 64. Yeah. Uh huh. First black man elected to the Senate. Since the Senate, <laughs> what? And then the next one after that was Tim Scott. But they were they were Uncle Tom's because they were Republicans, right? See, see it, 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 this is this is why I, I look at these people that preach CRT. And it's like, but you don't even recognize, quote unquote, y'all. Sorry for being in the crown box so long, right? But. You don't even recognize the black excellence that made it through. You want to call them Uncle Toms. That's what makes me so mad. So like, you, you remember when Janet Yellen was testifying and she was saying that um, 
black women, single black women who get pregnant need to abort their babies for the good of the economy. Right. And that's when Tim Scott, raised by a single black mom who also had another child, um, another boy, I believe. But he goes, I was raised by a single black mom. And look where I am now. And you think that she should have killed me just because she was single and it was hard? Mm-hmm. No. Like, right. I don't understand that logic. I don't either. I can't get to it. Because they do that with us, too. And Native Americans, they do it with black people. I don't understand how anybody uh, can support that kind of logic. Because she literally said what um, uh, Margaret, I can't think of her Margaret Sanger? But the one Sanger, yeah. And I'm like, she literally said it out loud. And left it was like, hell yeah. No. You were literally supporting the genocide of black babies for the economy. Do right. you listen to your own words? Mm. But but and, and, but and, and, and everybody else that stands up for that. I've even had some of my, my, my friends that are listeners, right? Stand up for that and literally get dogged out on social media, whether it be Facebook or Twitter, as a white supremacist. They called themselves trying to drag in. I've had to come to defense to a few of them. Like, wait a minute. How is that bad? She's at, you, 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 you want to say she's racist, but she's advocating for black people, but she's still racist. Like, how does that work? If she was racist, right. she wouldn't want black babies to be born. Right? That's the logic that kills me. It's like, She's racist, but she wants black babies. You know what someone told me one time? Well, she, 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 she's still racist, right? Because she just wants to be able to lynch them herself. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like I told, I told, no. this, I told this woman straight up. I told her straight up. I said, if I could reach through this phone, I said, I would literally snatch the soul out of your body for saying that. I would snatch the soul out. Because you don't deserve it. I went off and I drugged this woman for four straight days on Twitter. I drug her ass. Because you don't say shit like that. Nobody who has ever had any kind of history, like real history in this country, would ever say that. (laughs) Nobody. I mean, politicians do, and I, I just... It's mind-boggling. It's infuriating. But none of you understand your own history. So when you say that shit, it hurts. It cuts like a knife because you don't know and you don't care to know what your family and your history, you don't care. You don't understand what it, what it was like. So saying, like when they say like words right now are lynching, are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. Down. Words are not lynching. Like, listen, I heard that the other day and I learned, I, I, I was no lie. I made some cabbage soup 
And I'm sitting here, you know, I, 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 on, on the one television set, set I have, let's see, it's a monitor, right? I have YouTube, I had YouTube going, right? That's one of the things I do in the morning. I turn on the YouTube and see what was uploaded overnight from different content creators, whatever, to see what the news is going to be for the day. Because usually, they usually dictate what's on social media. And when I heard that someone said that words are lynching, man, I choked on my cabbage soup almost. I like, I would have died right there if I wouldn't have like, like, punch myself in the throat like literally i i lost it like what words are lynching what hold on who who the fuck is this i mean the, these people and, and right and it, and it seems like right with the language and the hyperbole is getting just as bad is is what's that guy um Eli my stall right this guy that comes out of nowhere that's some law professor or dude saying that the constitution was not written for black people and and, and all this shit Man, shut the fuck up bruh what are you talking about it's, it's ridiculous like the constitution is for everyone it was even though i'm not still considered a person i don't care it's so who I have those rights. But like when they say that shit, like they talk about like Native Americans and you know, they talk about it's it's so ridiculous that like they talk about how we were basically like you know, like if you talk about like the trail of tears or whatever, we were forced on these land. Absolutely, right. we were. But then they pretend like it's not still happening. And then they say, like, oh, yeah, we support you and all this bullshit. It, gets made, it makes me this so mad the same way when, if you talk about lynching, it's the same thing for me because it's still happening for us. Like, not physically, I guess. Is the point? I don't even know what I'm trying. I guess um, people don't realize that it's still happening here. It's still a thing for us. So right. I wish people would realize that, like, forcing us to do things like the vaccinations to get money—that was a a vote by, a vote by, but also. That was just the government trying to force us to do what they wanted us to do. So they don't really get physical with us anymore. It's all other stuff. So, like, the lynching thing, that makes me mad. Because that was a real thing. Stop saying that. Stop saying it so callously. That right. was real. Why yeah. do you... Because the thing is that these people, the, the, these leftists that, that use this language, right? They're, they're, they're operating on, on logical fallacy, right? I mean, the, the whole left side of the political paradigm, right, op operates in a logical fallacy, right? They operate in two in, in, two in particular, right? The appeal to emotion and the appeal to authority. Right. Every time it's either something emotional 
that they try to plead with you. Oh, you can't be doing that. You're 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 anti-black, right? You know, like like what um, uh, we talked about before about the whole colorblind thing, right? How colorblind transformed into anti-racist, right? Anti-racist is just another word for colorblind, right? And people don't realize how they switch that on us real quick through this critical race theory on how to be an anti-racist. Anti-racist is no different than saying you're colorblind, which is both garbage. But I digress from that, right? What these people do is use the appeal to emotion. They use that, right, the colorblind, right, to strike a negative or positive emotion. Or they use the appeal to authority. Oh, are you a lawyer? Or if you're not, I'm not listening to you. Like, what? What a way to really dumb me. Don't call the experts all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like yeah. It's like I'm sitting here. It's like so. You mean to tell me the guy like Lincoln that will sell as a self-taught lawyer, a guy like John Adams, a self-taught lawyer, right? It, they, they they like they didn't have any like they, in today's time they would have no authority even though they wrote probably the the uh, the best document the world has seen because the others are garbage we ain't gonna lie um but they they wrote the best gar- the the best document to govern a country considering the circumstances under uh, uh, in the duress they were under when they were writing it right. Those guys, Abraham Lincoln led a nation, right? Abraham Lincoln led a nation, self-taught lawyer, right? Uh, So I say, Mm -hmm. look at these people that say that, and I'm like, you're just as dumb as your mother. And I'll say it to them. You're just as dumb as your mama. Your mama told you to say that, didn't she? Because she's the only authority, right? Oh, your daddy told you to say that. Because there's people out here that are self-taught in a lot of professions. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? And didn't have, use a degree to do it. People have studied, like, especially law. Like me, you know, I've studied law in the Constitution for probably 23 years. You know what I'm saying? I don't call myself a lawyer, but I can take some lawyers down through there on a whole bunch of constitutional shit. And be like, damn, I didn't know that. Because you ain't reading. Right. It, just like uh, Rissa, Rissa Islam said in one of his videos. Right. When you go to school and get a master's degree, you are getting your master's degree, basically certifying the fact that you are you are fully indoctrinated on what they want you to preach and talk about. Not the whole thing, what they want you to do. Now we look at today's education institutions. Right. All these public universities or liberal colleges, right? There are no conservative public colleges. They're all liberal. Y'all think about that a minute, right? Because we gave up. We ran away. Yeah. We ran away from a fight that we should be dominating on, but we keep running away. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, and, and here's here's the other part about that, right? We got to wrap up here in five minutes because my red light's coming on. But the thing is, is that we as a society have taken hold of that quote unquote appeal to authority feel, right? And let me explain. Everybody that's in Congress right now, every single person that's in Congress right now, has a college degree. 
Yep. Think about that a minute. Right? Congress was supposed to be for the common man to represent the people around him, not the elites with paper. Right? Mm-hmm. We had a president. We had, we've had presidents that didn't get college degrees. We've had presidents that didn't get college degrees. That ran this country fairly decent. But these people, they get these degrees and they think they're high, uh, uh, holier than thou, high and mighty. And they tear the shit down that <laughs> that was built for them. All in the name of what they've been taught in school. And we see that now with the kids coming out of UC Berkeley, the Stanford's, right? The Evergreen Colleges, right? The University of Washington's, right? We see this indoctrination. We've been seeing it like this for decades now. Mm-hmm. It's just finally coming. Like, it's finally on the forefront now, and Republicans are finally saying, like, yeah, we we need to do something. Right. And it's it, too late. But things are showing up. Oh, we're we're not we're not too late, right? Here's the thing. People have to stop appealing to authority. Right? If you got common Joe Blow guy and your that's running for your district, you know what? Here and I said and I said this last campaign season and my my my, my, my listeners and, and and supporters can tell you this full fledged. If you are tired of your current system, why don't you elect someone new for two years? Elect someone completely that's not either Democrat or Republican in your district for two years. How much worse could it get? Right. Here's the funny thing. Donald Trump ran on that same thing. What else? What do you have to lose? Shit is already fucked up. What do you have to lose? And now what he said. And look, lo and behold, he became the president, the 45th president of the United States. Now, people can do that for Trump. People can do that for the local guy. That's not Democrat or Republican. They can do it for the local guy. They can say, you know what? Let's see what this guy can do. If he can't, if he don't produce, we can vote him out. We can even recall him or whatever. Right. But people will not give these people a chance because they're too busy appealing to authority or they're appealing to the R.D. on the ballot. They say, we're just going to vote Republican, straight Republican. We're going to vote straight Democrat. Right? Like, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to vote the party, party line. It's like, no, give the give the Joe Blow guy, since you say stuff is already messed up and neither the D or the R has treated you right, give the independent guy a chance. And if every congressional district did that, right? And here's a funny thing, right, Miss Maddie, and 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 I think you may agree with me. If we got rid of partisanship in in, in our politics, you would see more Native Americans being involved in the process. Am I right or wrong? Absolutely. Because Native Americans, they don't like really either party. They don't like this, the system of government as a whole, period, because of the jurisdictional holds they hold upon them. But if it wasn't as so partisan, Native Americans would be involved in the process. But they have this deep rooted sentiment back, back going back to when the Albions first got here, right in the late in, in the late fifteen uh, hundreds, right when they when they started coming ashore here, right. They have a deep rooted sentiment, and they will not get involved in government. No one's ever asked us. 
No one's ever done any good for us. All they've done is made life worse. They've tried to kill us. They've put us on these lands that you can do nothing with. And you expect expect us to trust you. But then again, no one fights for us. So, like the even with the Republican Party, why aren't you talking to us? The first person who did anything remotely good for us was Trump. He signed the ban of that. Yep. Which was to protect missing and Native American women and girls. No one cares about us. But he did that. But he also did a lot of other things for Native Americans. Like, that's and, why and, I, I hated him for, like, like, the first three years. I did uh-huh. not like him. But then I came to like him, and then I understood him. And he's done an amazing thing for all of us, not just Native Americans, but he blew everything wide open. So it's, it's really nice to see someone who's an outsider come in. Yeah, and 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 that that's the and, and that, that that's the that's the thing right there, right? Is is you know Trump did Trump did a lot of good for you know a lot a lot of communities um, across this country. There there is no looking back. There is no denying anybody that really sits back and denies that their head is really in the sand, or 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 they they just love to have that progressive boot in their mouth or on the back of their neck. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they, you know what I'm saying? When they're, when, when they're talking about these things, you know, and it's kind of disheartening, right? But, you know, at the same time, he was right. He said, they're not after me, they're after you, but they will attack him to get to you. And that's it's what like they, they have done. Like personality. That is like the main thing. They don't like his personality. Yeah. That's fine. You don't like his personality, but his policy, they were really good for everybody. Right. Well, what's your problem? You, you don't like what he says? Too bad. Right. That's exactly correct. Well, Miss Maddie, hey, it's been great. Um, I appreciate the conversation. This has been a, a, a long, um, long needed one for sure. Um, you know, to get the story, you know, from from a Native American out there uh, with, with, you know, with with all of us uh, common folk. We all have commonality, right? We all have the struggles of life. We all have the progressive boot either kicking us in our ass or on the back of our neck somehow with some sort of pressure because of different laws and regulations and things like that. I mean, if you're going to, you know, we're going to sit and talk about, you know, chasing, you know, right, life, liberty, and minarchy, right? We got to make sure that... All of our struggles are put into the bucket together and understood and look at the common enemy. Right. And that's kind of what we do, even with, you know, with, with, with this show, with um, even with my uh, the Monday and Friday show. So the Liberty and our Tuesday show. Right. With the, the experience today, we try to expose those things that we all have the commonalities of the same. The man. Right trying to force us into mm-hmm. situations that benefits them and not us. Right. So putting our stories in these buckets and having everybody pick, pick it up and read it and understand it or listen to it and understand it and understand how huh, that's what they're doing to them. Well, they could come do that to me too, or they could come do that to my next door neighbor. 
right? And as soon as we start thinking in that kind of collective mindset, the man goes down. Because we'll be truly saying never again at that point. But, Ms. Maddie, what's that? Go ahead. Exactly. Thank you for having me. Hey, I, I appreciate you taking taking time out this evening and all, all that good stuff. And hey, shout out to all, everybody in the in in the live um, live piece there. I appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all come back through tomorrow, nine thirty Eastern. We're gonna talk about something. They didn't do much in Congress. A couple things they did. I got to make sure they are finalized before we talk about it. But y'all already know how it, how it goes on on Monday, 930 Eastern. Me and Miss Kell, Southern Liberty, what the hill. Until next time, life, love, liberty, and happiness. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Southern Liberty Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.bpmg.us or leave a rating and review on iTunes. To catch all the latest from Roderick, you can follow him on social media at manofjustice007. Thanks again and we'll see you next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.